Hello and welcome to episode two of Teaching Tuesdays. Today we talk with Alicia Astronic. Alicia just finished her first year teaching earth science and biology and was first year teacher of the year for her school. So let's get started. All right, so today we're here with Alicia Astronic, um, who just finished her first year teaching. Um, she was our school's first year teacher of the year. So we're going to kind of talk about the, um, what it's like to be a first year teacher um, and some of her reflections on her first year teaching, just so that she can kind of share her experiences um, and maybe help other people who are new to teaching and who are working their way into this lovely profession. So, um, hi Alicia. Hey, how are you? Uh, so my first question is just, um, how did you get into teaching? Can you give us a little bit about your educational background and then what led you to being a teacher? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I graduated um, from the University of Mount Olive with a bachelor's in uh, biology and chemistry. Um, soon after that, I started working in a lab. Um, I worked there for about two years. It was, it was fun, I thought. Um, but it just kind of got super repetitive for me. And, you know, when you go in every day and it's same in or same, 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 you kind of get a little bit burnt out on it. So um, I taught or I taught, I tutored all the way through college. So I really, really enjoyed it, but I never thought, um, you know, that could go anywhere as far as a career until I thought about teaching. And actually, all the experiences that I had tutoring kind of led me to um, where I am now. So at the end of my first year of teaching, and I've enjoyed it a lot. Awesome. So um, tell me, so what was it like? So you decide that you're done working in a lab. Um, right. So what kind of processes did you go through as far as getting a teaching job and then working towards your teaching certification? Sure. Um, so I decided I was done at the lab. Um, I just kind of called around all the schools and was like, hey, are you willing to take a ladder wing teacher? Um, you know, I figured if it was, you know, the right thing for me at that point that uh, the right job would come. And surely it did. Um, I ended up at uh, Smith-Oxelma High School after talking to Miss Moore and Miss Moore, actually a alum of uh, Mount Olive College at that point. Um, so we made an instant connection. Uh, when I first started teaching, I had no idea uh, you have the options of going through back to school and doing um, doing your all your education courses, or you can go through the Central Carolina Teaching Initiative program, which I'm going through right now, and you kind of get all your coursework done in a year, and you get a mentor and a coach and it's been really helpful for me just to kind of navigate the ins and outs of every day and everything that you have to do. Okay, so you're working towards getting your teaching certification while also teaching. So how has that been going to school during your first year, taking classes during your first year teaching? Um, it's been a it's been a journey. You've had to. I just kind of followed uh, one of the veteran teachers, uh, Dr. Phillips, who's across the hall from me. So that's really nice just to kind of network and have that um, interaction with teachers that know what they're doing because I, I didn't. And um, so it was, it was interesting. I would do something in class and then I would go to 
my teaching class in the afternoons um, twice a month uh, on Thursdays and they would kind of teach me and I'd be like, oh, okay, though this is what I can do next time. So, you know, it's been a lot of uh, doing and adjusting and messing up and then, you know, fixing it. But it's it's been great. Good. Yeah, education is definitely one of those like learn on the job kind of professions for sure. Um, so yeah. can you talk to us about like what kind of expectations maybe you had coming into your first year of teaching or if you had any? Yeah, so first year I went in thinking I had that high school, ex my high school experience in my mind and how, you know, the kids would react and it, it was, it was completely different than I thought it was in a, in a good way though. Um, I just, it was nice having uh, and building that relationship with the kids that got me um, or got them to learn a little bit better than if I would have just gone in and, you know, said, started talking to them about, you know, earth science or biology at the time. So just, I didn't think I had to build those connections because I thought they would um, kind of just want to learn. But uh, definitely being in the classroom and just realizing that, hey, those connections come before the learning. That was. And is there some point like at the beginning of the year or something that you realized that it was going to be more than just coming in and teaching information, but that the relationships and building relationships with your students was going to be an important part of your job? There's some yeah. kind of event that happened maybe or something. Yeah, so it was, well, the first few days, they were, it's kind of like that dating period, the honeymoon period, <laughs> perfect, and they're like, yes, ma'am, I'll do it, um, but then they, you know, it's like two or three days in that they just kind of see what they can get away with. Yeah. Uh, it was at that point that I was like, uh, I don't know these kids, so I need to make an effort to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? to get them to stay on task and remain in this honeymoon period behavior um, pattern. So, but it wasn't a really specific thing. It was just some kids kind of starting to test the waters and yeah. Gotcha. Is, is there anything in particular like strategy wise or things that you did to build relationships in your class? Um, it, I think it was just taking a couple students. Um, the way I did it was rows. So I would take, there was four kids in a row. So one day I would just try to focus on these sets of kids and trying to figure out, you know, who they are, where they come from, you know, what their interests are, um, making sure that they knew they were welcome to come here because our uh, demographics and our population of kids, sometimes they, you know, don't have that support at home. Just making sure that, you know, I was a safe place. Maybe they weren't um, in their mind. They weren't good at science, but just knowing that, you know, um, I was there for them and that they could talk to me about anything and that made them a little bit more willing to do the work than if I just started um, teaching information to them. Awesome. Well, it's really glad. It's really good that you like realize that early on because um, for some of us, it doesn't quite click that quickly. So that's really good. Yeah. Um, so let's go into a little bit. So like, what were your biggest, so you talked about behavior a little bit. So what were some of your biggest challenges um, this past school year? Oh, goodness. Uh, cell phones were a big challenge um, for me. And then um, well, the kids opened up really, really well because they, they thought, or I'm 
pretty close to their age, five or six years or so, um, or no more than that. Well, I'm close to their age, so they, they saw me a little bit more as a friend than I would have liked them to. So that, that was a challenge, which led to a lot of the behavior issues and them thinking that they could get away with things. Um, so next year, I'm gonna uh, make sure I focus on that a little bit more and try to stay more stern and strict and consistent with my um, cell phone plan. Okay, so, and so you talk about being more consistent. Um, is there anything else that you did this year to kind of address some of the struggles that you've had or some of those behavior issues other than um, getting that plan in place and being consistent with it? Um, yeah, so I saw that they were using their cell phone, so I started doing things like um, they had to use their phone to uh, research a video or um, read an article, so I kind of tried to, to integrate the cell phones into the lessons themselves. Mm -hmm. so, uh, they didn't feel kind of deprived or you know, I was kind of using their need to be on their cell phone to my advantage. Um, I was also doing at the end of the semester, I ended up doing a, or ended up doing a, what, did, what are those things called? Not a scavenger hunt. A, the breakout um, rooms. Breakout, the yeah. breakouts. Yeah, so those were really cool. They got to use their uh, Chromebooks and they got super competitive and it, it was it was really nice. Uh, also, uh, quizzes for reviews on their cell phones, um, Quizlet, uh, Quizlet Live. They really like that. Just being competitive and knowing that they can use that technology um, was really helpful for me. So it seemed to work for you to instead of saying no cell phones ever, you know, cell phones are awful. Letting them at least get some uh, time on those cell phones so that they could use them in class and use them for things that were productive. Um, did you have a problem with like while they're doing all that stuff, were they off task? Were they, you know, not knowing they were supposed to with it? Some of them were off task, but then again, it goes back to knowing your kids. Uh, there was one uh, student in particular. He was he was always wanting to watch videos uh, on his phone instead of doing uh, the task. Uh, so I contacted home, and that didn't work. So I took, uh, I talked to him, that didn't work either, so then I reached out to the uh, football coach, and that worked like a charm, so I would say knowing your kids, using the resources, um, and kind of letting them kind of choose what they want to do, but in a, in a productive way, so you, watching videos, not okay, music videos is not okay, but watching, you know, videos related to my content, that that would have been fine. So you just have to work with the students and figure out who they are. That's good because yeah, teaching that those positive technology skills is going to be super important um, yeah. in this era of teaching. Cool. Um, so can you talk about some of your successes this year? It sounds like relationships and kind of learning how to use technology was really um, successful for you. Are there any other successes that you would like to celebrate from this past year? Successes? Yeah. Um, I've really connected with uh, all of my uh, EL kids, which is uh, because I taught them in Spanish uh, during uh, our science class, which was, I, I felt like I taught them kind of that confidence that it's okay to um, mess up because I would mess up my Spanish sometimes and they would correct me. And then um, I felt like that was 
um, encouraging for them to see that even I make mistakes in another language. So they felt a little bit more forthcoming in speaking to me and their other classmates in English. So not particularly um, earth science related, but you know, learning English and being fluent and kind of getting the skills I felt like was more important um, as they progressed through their academic career. Yeah, that's awesome because so often like as teachers, we, we feel like we have to be perfect and we have to know everything and we have to do everything right the first time. And sometimes that transparency with kids really gives them a lot of uh, kind of buy-in to what we're doing and gives you, it helps them with that growth mindset of like, I didn't do it right this time, but maybe, you know, next time I'll get it, that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. Um, and those EL kids for sure. So you had, you had an, an like a cluster of students that were learning English, correct? Yes. And, and they were how like how long had they been in the U.S.? How long had they been learning English? Do you do you know? Uh, yes. So that class was extremely diverse. Uh, I had students who just got to the country um, and were uh, starting to learn English, and then I had some that were uh, on the verge of exiting the ESL program. Um, I also had uh, in that cluster. I had uh, some avid kids. And then I had, of course, some standard kids who varied on um, their levels of where they were. Um, so that class was very interesting. But it was it was amazing. The you know once I broke um, down that that language barrier, all the kids seemed to be on the same playing field. Whether you know whether they just got to the country, whether they were exiting the ESL program. Um, whether they were an avid, whether they were just, you know, standard kids. It, it was, it seemed to me like they were on an even playing field and it showed on their, um, on their assessments and I thought it was great. Yeah, it sounds like you're like working to create a really like welcoming and like nurturing classroom environment, which is super important, especially since I didn't uh, give all the rundown on what you teach, but you taught mostly earth science last year, which is uh, primarily freshmen. I think you had, did you have all freshmen? Yeah. So all freshmen. So they're at a new school, transitioning to a new kind of stage in their education. So it's definitely um, different. So um, you talked about your classes being pretty diverse, especially your one that had your ESL students. Um, is there anything else that you did to kind of work with those really diverse classes? Because I know that's a thing that a lot of teachers um, have to deal with. And it's hard when you're new trying to meet the needs of all the different things that are going on in your classroom. Can you give us a little insight into how you worked with those students? Yeah, so I did different things like um, I told them it was for them, but really it was for me. I kind I made them keep a notebook, which kept me organized and kept them organized, mm -hmm. um, which I thought was really powerful because when I said, hey guys, we're going to have, uh, we're going to be doing this today, then I got to tell them what page and they knew exactly what page everybody was on the same um page with everything if you missed uh, uh, notes or whatever it may have been um, you were able to know you know exactly where we were um, I did a lot of foldable so interactive things which uh, you know kind of scaffold the learning for those lower uh, level students um, so they can reach or get become uh, more proficient in the material um, when we did uh, I guess lectures if you will, uh, I made sure to underline the most important things for you know my EL kids who just saw words and they kind of just freak out. 
I underlined and uh, as the year progressed, I kind of took those, um, those paraphrase, paraphrase slides away and they were starting to paraphrase on their own. So it was just a lot of little things that, you know, you have to start out strong in the beginning and tell them, hey, this is why I'm doing this. Throughout the year, I'm gonna cut back a little bit, you know? So I did it little by little. By the end, I wasn't um, underlining anything or, and they, they were paraphrasing. Uh, Cornell notes are amazing. Um, because I got, they got to ask me questions in the margins. We would go back. Uh, if they had a question in class and they already had their questions made, uh, I made them summarize. So I got these very, very simple summaries to uh, my higher level kids were able to kind of say, oh, is this, you know, kind of extend their learning and kind of connect it back to real world experiences that they had. Um, yeah, so. It's just a lot of mix of things. And so many great, so many great little tidbits of information in that. So, um, and I think that's really important for new teachers to understand is like, you don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel your first year, right? These little simple things that you're doing, um, you know, kind of scaffolding notes a little bit and then taking that away and helping with organization and that kind of stuff. Just little things that they, that you did this year helps you be successful with not the easiest of classes. Cause I mean, I've, I have seen some of your, I know some of the students that you have and I've seen some of your class and it's not that like you don't, you don't have these like little angel babies that like do exactly what you say because they just worship uh, Ms. Vasquez, <laughs> but they do, uh, they do really tend, they really seem to like have a good rapport with you and really um, it seems like it's kind of a team sport. Like we're all in this together, working hard, learning things. Um, and I think I remember you saying at one point this year, um, like, not learning is not an option or something to some of yeah. your students. Um, and so like that, a really high standard is really um, important because so it seems like so often like we get frustrated and maybe like our um, standards start to get lower and lower, just like come in and like, don't make me insane today. Um, but yeah. just you maintain pretty high standards and that's uh, really important, really good for students. Um, so very nice. Um, what about, let's go back. So think about Alicia back last, August, whatever. Um, if there's something that you like could tell her advice wise, what would it be? Oh goodness. Uh, kind of just go your first year, stay one day ahead of the kids and do not freak out because there was so many days I came in at five in the morning and left at 5 PM. And then I still brought uh, work home and I was just kind of like, just overwhelmed. But if you can stay one day ahead of the students, then you'll be you'll be fine. Don't it's your first year. You're nobody expects you to be the you know the greatest teacher there ever was. Everybody understands that you're you know you still have to navigate everything. You you don't know the students. You don't you know you have to make those connections. You just just take it one day at a time because I freaked out so many days and you know I wanted to come home and cry but it was okay I lived so yeah yeah that's a lot and there's a lot of there's a lot of truth in that I see so and I, I'm prone to doing this myself but I see so many teachers just like staying at school so long and being like spending so much time and not that like this is not a hard job that takes a lot of time but you gotta you gotta take care of yourself too that's for sure um yeah. 
Okay. So being, and, and that having a lot of grace with yourself, like our first year we like go in and we're like going to change the world and everything's going to be perfect and it's going to be the best and we're going to be awesome and life's going to be great. And then that first time that some kid like mouths off to you or a test doesn't go so well, you're like, Oh my God, I'm the worst teacher ever. Yeah. Um, having a lot of grace with yourself is definitely super important. Um, last thing, um, at least questions that I have. Um, so some, what, so you had a mentor through your licensure program. You also had a mentor through school and you have lots of people that volunteer information that you may or may not want. But, um, what are some things that people like did or said this year that helped you adjust and, um, helped you kind of grow and survive this first year? Right. Um, I think making friends with your colleagues and just um, being open to their advice. Everyone in that building has had that first year. They've gotten through it. Um, going, uh, something that my uh, mentor from my teaching program did, she was also at my school, Miss um, Noel. She took me around the classroom because I was having a, one of those breakdowns that I wish I didn't have. And I was like, oh my goodness, my uh, classes are behaving horribly. What am I doing wrong? This was towards the, um, the end of the end of the semester, closer to exams. Uh, she took me around the classroom and she's like, Alicia, all, you know, all the kids are ready to be out for summer. Um, you know, you're not the only one. Don't freak out. Um, so yeah, just go to your, go to your colleagues and say, Hey, you know, could you help me with this? Um, even if, you know, they're not teaching the same subject, they, they may have a rapport with some of the older students, you know, who might have a sibling that's in my class. Um, they might say, Hey, go contact the, the football coach that that'll help with the football players or, you know, the basketball coach. Um, or, you know, it's okay, that happened to me my first year too. Just just those words of encouragement help, you know, and then they provide some resources that you'll definitely need because as a new, te as a new teacher, I, the only thing I had was uh, my biology notebook and my uh, or science notebook when I was in high school. And, you know, things operate a little bit different at every school. Yeah. And you're in a special, an especially difficult position, I think, because you um, are what we call lateral entry, meaning that you don't have, like, you didn't go to school to be a teacher. So you didn't student teach. Um, you said right. the last time you were in a classroom was when you were in high school. Um, yeah. So it's a little bit different. It's definitely difficult for you. So those colleagues are super important. Um, yeah. And definitely like, I think, and that's part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is because so many of us think, oh, this is only happening to me and only my students are difficult and only my students aren't uh, not understanding something and that kind of stuff. And that's almost never the case. It's almost yeah. always happening to someone else too. Right. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I hate that they were going through the same thing, but it was encouraging for me to know, oh my gosh, it's not just me. It happened to them too. Or, yeah. you know, um, these teachers that have been there for three, four, five years, you know, they're having the same problems with behavior, you know, the same as me, you know, or the teacher across the hall, she has honors kids and some of the kids are not behaving as well either. So it, it, it was nice. I mean, I hated it for them, but it was kind of nice for me to know that, you know, that was okay. 
Yeah. And May is a struggle time for all of us. So May and those first couple of weeks of June are difficult. And so it's helpful to know that it's not just you and like, and it's all that whole, like two heads are better than one thing. Um, yeah. We get kind of locked in our classrooms sometimes and forget that um, there's people that have the same struggles and can help us out. So that's um, an important thing to remember. Is there anything this past year that you wish someone had told you or wish someone had done or helped you with or anything like that? Is there something that you thought might be missing and I'm not going to get offended, I promise. If I'm so <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Uh, I, the thing I like was going to PLC. Um, I thought that that was important because as a um, new teacher, you don't really know, you know what you have to teach, but kind of staying on pace sometimes is a struggle. Mm -hmm being very familiar so just having those groups of colleagues to tell you hey you should be doing this or here's what we're doing this week so you know so you can have somebody to follow um yeah I wish I didn't have two preps my first semester but you know that's neither here nor there but you I live it, it, so you made it. well and that's what's important so a lot of new teachers are like thinking they have to like reinvent the wheel but you kind of just followed along with what people who had already done this before we're doing and then kind of added your own things as you went um, so that you weren't necessarily having to do everything from scratch. And I think that helps you a lot to have kind of a base to work off of. And then you could change little things here and there based on the kids that were in your classroom. Right. Yeah. So I did some of the, for biology, I followed um, Miss Lepacki. Sorry, name drop. Um, <laughs> she was awesome. Uh, I just said Miss Lepacki, I have no idea. I was a little bit more familiar with biology because I have a biology degree, but earth science I was I was really struggling with. Um, so I was focusing my time more on earth science, which um, wasn't you know I should have focused a little bit more time on biology. But Miss um, Papaki was there for me to follow. I would just you know go and say Miss Papaki, I don't know what I'm doing because it was true, and she would you know say here do do this and. Uh, yeah, depending on if my kids needed me to go a little bit slower um, or maybe use a scaffolding strategy or we needed to draw it out or whatever we needed to do. Um, then, but yeah, that base was there. She provided that foundation for me. So awesome. she's the reason I didn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to have those people, man. Um, yeah. Last thing that I just thought about when you said something, um, how did you adjust? So like being lateral entry and not necessarily like being in education, how was it to learn, like learning all the terms and the acronyms and all that kind of stuff? Um, how was that adjustment for you this year? Oh, it was, sometimes I would sit in meetings and I, they would say PLC, um, whatever, the wigs and the pigs and in, uh, in the faculty meetings, I, I had no idea. So just, having someone to say hey I don't know what that is just just ask yeah everybody yeah, so, just talks so fast that they just kind of assume everybody knows but just ask yeah so and so you might it might be helpful to have like some kind of cheat sheet almost for like all the different acronyms and all that kind of stuff for new teachers maybe right yeah I made myself a uh I wrote it in my planner because I had no idea awesome. that's great okay super um so the last thing we're gonna do I stole from a podcast that I listen to. Um, so it's going to be our rapid fire questions. Um, so I'm just going to ask you a question and you're just going to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. All right. So your favorite school supply. Uh, pencils. Pencils. Okay. Coffee or tea. Coffee. <laughs> your favorite topic to teach. Uh, bio. 
Yeah, be more specific. Of the subject. Um, I don't know. Genetics is pretty fun. Okay. Cool. Um, and then what do you think is the most important factor in being a good teacher? Uh, listening to your students. Awesome. Very important. Okay. Thank you so much, Alicia. I really appreciate you talking to me and kind of being my guinea pig. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there, do you have any like social media or anything that like for school that people, if people want to see all the cool things that you do, do you have a website or anything like that we can share? Uh, I have a school website that I need to update if I'm a better person. Um, I have a Twitter, but I don't know what it is. But okay. you can just Google we can at least link your school website. And so you can put all the awesome, exciting things that you do. And um, we can follow you as you become an excellent veteran teacher. <laughs> <laughs> One all right. day. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Alicia. No problem. Thank you. Wow. So that was a lot of really great information from Alicia, especially if you're a first year teacher and either are scared about what you're getting ready to get yourself into, or if you are struggling, if you're finding this later in the year and you're starting to struggle with um, those first year teacher blues. So thank you so much for everyone for listening. Make sure that you like this podcast, that you subscribe, leave a comment. Again, if you're interested in any of the information that Alicia talked about, we'll have links to a lot of that stuff on the website at bit.ly forward slash teaching Tuesdays. If you have uh, questions or comments and you want to contact us, remember it's teaching Tuesdays one at gmail.com or Twitter at teaching T U E S. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week when we have a little bit of a real talk episode about um, some different struggles that teachers have. Thanks, guys. Happy teaching.